Well, hey everybody, welcome to the breakdown. I'm back. He's back. <laughs> I don't have to do that line. Oh man. Hey, we're uh, we're back with another episode of the breakdown. How we doing? So good. How how's Mama and Baby? Mama and Baby are doing so good. Here's the question though. Not you. How's Big Sister doing with this? Honestly, for the most part, really good. Yeah. Just throw fruit snacks at her and some really, Legos. She, honestly, and she's it. doing great. The only the only thing that we have seen that has just been absolutely atrocious is her freak out <laughs> of like when we ask her to do things, she's like, no, and then throw yeah. herself. Like yeah. Satan incarnate. Yeah. Like demon possessed, I think. Did like. that change after the baby or was that? Yeah, it exponentially got worse. Oh, it got yeah, worse. Like she oh. would do that, but I mean, it is like everything now. Nice. It's It's everything, so. Can I do that? Sure. <laughs> I think it's cuter and more socially acceptable when a two and a half year old does yeah, it. Yeah, why do they get away with it? Like I've asked myself that a lot. Like oh. if I did that, I'd be crucified. Okay, so can we be honest on the breakdown? Sure. <laughs> we used to I I was a pediatric nurse. And kids is what pediatrics mean. So I was I was a nurse for kids. Mm-hmm. And and so I was around kids all day. And some really well behaved. Others not so much. And that skewed my view. Oh boy. Right? Oh boy. So we'd be like at Walmart. <clears throat> and you could hear like you know when you're at Walmart and you could hear a family, like a kid just losing yep. their marbles yep. like a couple aisles over. I used to scream, Beat 'em <laughs> Beat 'em. No, you didn't. You ask my wife. I don't think anybody ever took me up on the offer. Well, that's good. But yeah, that <laughs> there you go. So as you as you still have your bracelet on, if you're watching, you can see oh, yeah, from I the do. hospital. You know, I'm over here like, oh yeah, Take beat your off. kids. Just beat your kid. Yeah. If you have no idea uh, <laughs> what we're talking about and you're new to the breakdown, first off, hey, thanks so much. Welcome. I don't know how and why or where you found us, but we're great that you're either watching us on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcasting platform. Um, my name is Ron Humiston. I'm one of the uh, the pastors here at Calvary Chapel Lake of the Ozarks. The other voice that you hear is our lead pastor. Nick Pierce. There it is. <laughs> the one that's saying, hit the kids. Yeah, no, hit the don't kids. hit the kids. Don't hit I the have kids. four kids. So we uh, we sit down each and every week, and we turn the mics on and record whatever happens. Just like this. None of this was planned. It's Literally, just, it is a hit record. There's when, no script. When the camera's on, we just roll with it, and sometimes yeah. we end record, and we go, that was really good. And, and then other times like this, he's going to say, what were you doing during the intro part of it? I, I how know. in the world did we get from there to here and then back there? That's Amen. usually what I think. Amen. So, how was it? Did you watch or listen to the breakdown when you were gone for the two weeks? I did. I listened to both episodes. I didn't finish uh, last week's episode where, you're, where you were solo. You didn't? Okay. Um, yeah, but cool. I listened Thanks to for the you support. and Dane. Both were really good, though. It's awkward being alone. It is awkward it being is alone. It is so awkward. I hate hosting on Sunday when Z's not here. Yeah. Uh, for the online campus being alone because there isn't that kind of back and forth banter. Yeah. And if there is a moment where my brain decides to not work, which happens quite frequently, there's no one to like jump in and save me. <laughs> like yeah. I just like, well, that was awkward and we're moving on. Or you're like me where I have the back and forth banter in my head. And it's like, stop, oh, you multiple you're talking personalities. To, yeah, multiple personalities. <laughs> oh. It was just really hard running from one mic to the next mic to like answer myself. <laughs> that was the, but I tried. I tried. People had no idea that I was gone because you played both. Yeah, Nick they and did. Jerron. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. It's hard playing me, isn't it? <laughs> it is because the hair growth I'm was crazy. the hardest part. Listen, you bring the smarts, I bring the looks. It's the only reason that I'm here, <laughs> and I don't even bring good looks. I just bring so, some looks. Yeah. So you're the show horse. I'm That's the it. workhorse. That's yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
That's nice. the most accurate thing that's ever been said oh. on the podcast. So, hey, we're uh, we're breaking down this week something a little bit new and a little bit different. Yeah, because the sermon was uh, Sunday was a little bit different. Okay, can we before we break that down just yeah. talk about su- what do you want to talk about? Buddy? Sunday, Sunday. So I'm for it. If you were <laughs> as a lead pastor, I'm really glad <laughs> there that we you're go. for it. You know, in case you were curious, <sighs> I'm glad we cleared the air that that we know where you stand on. <laughs> now Sunday. Now the listeners know. The, the listeners know. If there was any Sunday. ever, conf- yeah. If there was ever any confusion, just, just tying up any any loose gaps. Ends? That pe- yeah, loose ends. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. So absolutely. Sunday we had service, but service for us was a little bit different. It is. We normally do a Wednesday night baptism service, and we decided kind of call an audible, I think last year when we were planning this year out, yeah. and said, hey, let's try doing baptisms on a Sunday. Yeah. You know, one of the ideas was when we were doing them on Wednesdays, which was great, it was awesome, everybody that would show up for that was either family to support or church family, you know? Yep. And and so those that are a little bit more dedicated, like when the church doors are open, they're going to yep. show up. And it's like, hey, this is supposed to be a big part of our faith like we're given two ordinances from the lord for the church communion baptism well we always do communion on a sunday morning yep so you know we, we yeah we don't we don't do a communion service on like a thursday afternoon where only like the dedicated church mm. would show up we want to we want to invite everybody yeah. to walk in obedience to those things and so we kind of have the same mentality with baptism let's do it on a sunday morning see how it goes and so um and there was uh, the older gentleman that got baptized first service uh, he was the one that had signed up a while back, and he said, hey, I really want to get baptized. And we were looking and said, well, uh, we didn't have one scheduled for a while, so we kind of created this one. Yeah. You know, it was it like, hey, let's planned. let's see if we got a few people. Yep. And so we, we had six baptisms scheduled, which was super cool. It was awesome. It was awesome. Film videos for them, oh, did yeah. their interviews. We're ready to go. They met with pastors. Like we wanted, That's a key thing. Some, yep. Maybe some people don't know is you meet with a pastor. We talk about what we believe baptism to be. Mm-hmm. We define that with scripture, and, and we want to be on the same page there. And we want to make sure um, uh, that there is, that they are a believer, that there is yep. salvation there. Because some people may seem... They just see baptism. Oh, I want to do that. And well, that's just an outward expression of an inward, inward reality. Right. So we want to talk about, hey, do we have that inward reality? And so, yeah, we, we do all of that. And that leads into Baptism Sunday. Yep. Which went a totally different direction. So, so I, you preached on baptism and communion, those yes. two sacraments. Yeah. And we very did it, clearly. Yeah. And it was kind of fun because like we talked about communion. So I only did like a little 10 minute sermon and then we took communion. Yep. Which is the most time I've ever spent on a Sunday when we take communion. Normally, it's just at the end of the service. I'll do a quick little couple minutes, but to take a good chunk of time and say, hey, let's talk about the foundations of it. Know that we took communion. I think that was very meaningful. And we did the same thing then for baptism. Mm -hmm. We took 10, 15 minutes, talked about what baptism is, um, and then we went into baptism. And I had so many people afterwards um, that came up and they said, "I, I think... Uh, one of the things that was done that instigated what we saw on Sunday was because there was just good, clear scriptural teaching of mm-hmm. what baptism was mm-hmm. and, and then a challenge. And so yep. the challenge, so what we're talking about, we had six planned baptisms and we ended up doing 15. 15? I thought 16. 15. 15. Okay. 15. 
So you were coming forward to get baptized. We I was, was and I decided no. not to. <laughs> so we ended up doing 15. And so first service, I just kind of felt led. I'm in the water and I said, hey, like, if you want to, like, if God's tugging, like, you've heard what we've preached. You, you know heard what we, we believe. You know where we stand. If the Lord's tugging at your heart, like, don't say, oh, I need to do that sometime. That sometime is right now. Yeah. It's this time. Yep. And, and I, in all seriousness, like stand up, empty your pockets. Cause I'm not paying for water damage on your <laughs> iPhone. Right. Like you'll be like, Oh, the ba- church baptized me. Now I'm suing the church. No, we're not doing that. Um, stand up, empty your pockets and come to the water and, and I'll baptize you. And I was expecting no one. I mean, to be very honest, like if I, if the I awkward like, Oh wow. 60 seconds you know, of, lack yeah. of faith pastor. Oh, okay. Let's just be real. Like, did I think anybody was going to stand up? I, I really didn't know. Yeah. And I just, but I wanted to throw that out there because I just felt like that's what the Lord put on my heart. So we did. The dad of the two girls that got baptized for service stands up, empties his pockets and he comes up there. And so we have that conversation right there in the water. Like, hey, you've heard what we believe. You know, do you, have you put your faith, your trust or confidence in Christ for salvation? Yep, absolutely. Let's pray. Let's go. And so we did that second service. We had a couple people show up. Third service, we had a couple people spontaneous after the planned baptisms come forward. And then the coolest was after third service. It was after third service. So like there's probably 20 of us that are just, we're trickling out. We're making sure the lights are off. Like we're literally walking out of the building. Yeah. Sanctuary lights were already, yeah, they were already down. And uh, two younger gals that had came to church, came to third service. They went home, and by the time they got home, they kind of looked at each other and said, "We, we, we need to go back. Stood up. We should have stood, stood up. Yeah, up. we need to go back and see if we can do this." So they roll back in, and Pastor Sean's talking to him, and it was like, "So we just like hollered at these twenty people still hanging. It's like, get Let's back go. in the sanctuary. We got two more, right?" And so I talked to these uh, couple ladies, just wanted again making sure yep. you know the things that we want to pastorally, and I get done, and I turn, and then I see my daughter. Mm-hmm. My 11-year-old, tears in her eyes, and she says, do we have another towel? Because she wants to get baptized. And I only knew that because your wife was over in the corner already crying. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> Something's this, going she on. doesn't need a towel for like this is, turns into yeah, so something she, really cool. So, so we, I talk, we baptize those two gals. I jump in there. I baptize Ryan. Fully clothed. Fully he'd, clothed. He'd brought, Jeans. Yeah. You'd brought swimming trunks to do all the baptisms and changed and you hopped in the freezing cold water with jeans and with, t-shirt on. Yeah, yeah. So we jump in there and then Ryan's done. And then Ash looks at me and she says, hey, Emmy wants to talk to you. And so Emmy comes over and Ashley actually tried to talk Emmy out of it. And that's the thing. If we could talk you out of it, we should, even yeah. if you're our own kid. But Emmy's like, no, this is what I need to do. I think if I can remember... This is pretty close to what she said. She goes, I I know I want to get baptized, and I don't want to wait until the next time, because what if I die before then? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, baptism doesn't save you. She goes, I know, but I know this is something I need to do, and I don't mm-hmm. want to put it off. <laughs> and this is my eight-year-old. I'm just like, so then Amy jumps in there. We talk. We awesome. pray, and we baptize her. And thank the Lord, because obviously I was a little bit preoccupied being dad slash pastor just slightly you know a little emotional just very slightly. little very little emotions being showed during this it was like an extra six inches of water that <laughs> <I did>. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh and then ashley was the same way but you took video of it yeah if you wouldn't have we wouldn't have pictures i i saw ashley we grab have her phone to like to grab pictures and i went i bet you she's not recording this and yeah. i'm like i like pictures i'm the video guy though like yeah. i would always rather have video for everything same. and so i just snapped some video and sent it to you and she texted me later on was like, 
oh my gosh, thank you. I, I was not in a right frame. I didn't even think about videoing yeah. it. And so, and then we had to call all the grandparents because we had grandparents that stayed with us all I week about and they left Friday. And so we called them and they were like, not heartbroken stinks that they missed yeah. it, but it was like so much joy for the girls. But it was like, we didn't plan this. It just happened. Just know and da, da, da. that they will always overstay their welcome now because they won't want to miss out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, what's going to happen? We're going to go home Sunday afternoon, <laughs> Wednesday. We'll, sh- we'll shoot for Yeah, Wednesday. what's the Holy Spirit saying? Should we go? <laughs> like, And so uh, now the cool thing, I think after second service, we had already had a few spontaneous ones uh, with the planned ones. And, yep. and what we had to talk about even in our own house was like, One's not greater than the other. Mm. That's just what the Lord did. We yep. just we weren't only going to allow the Lord to work within our structure of video meeting with the pastor. Da, da, da. Like yep. if God was grabbing your heart right then, like we need to be sensitive and allow the spirit to move. And a lot of people really appreciated that. So if it was planned or if it was spontaneous, like you were baptized, like equal. And that's all good. But after the second service, seeing that, because a lot of people said, like, I know uh, Pastor Sean said a couple of people told him, even me, like, we've never seen that before. We've never seen spontaneous baptisms. And so my daughter runs up, my 15-year-old daughter. She's like, this is awesome. And da, da, da. Well, she ran into Cal Kids, I think, because my wife was there or something. And that's where Ryan heard that people were doing spontaneous baptisms. And she almost had a panic attack. I didn't know that. Yeah, she had a panic attack because she knew I'm supposed to do this. She knew then. But, but there was she, all of this. But it was yeah. all inside. So oh. she didn't know she could. And then when she heard people could do that, she like that was like the Lord grabbing her saying, hey, this is going to be your day or whatever. And so when we came out of third service, like Ryan was like telling Ash, my wife, like, hey, like, I want to get baptized. I want to do this. So, like everybody else. This is what I want to do, you know. So that was kind of cool just to, again, to see the Lord even grab your own kids' hearts. It was such a cool. It was, I told my wife when we got home, probably one of the coolest services I've ever been a part of. Yeah. Like, not that the Lord doesn't move. Amen. But it was so cool to see in the midst of our schedule, our plan, mm-hmm. the Lord just go, it's cute that you think that that's how I operate. Yeah. Um, just a really cool morning. So that was good. Breaking good down. Day. Sunday since that's what we kind of normally do but it was yeah. just such a cool it's, it's Sunday a not different. to talk about yeah you know not to talk about it and then to take that like you know so we had baptism Sunday now we're rolling into you know this week's Palm Sunday mm. then Easter it's like the Super Bowl of our yeah Christian faith. it really is like then in a month you know life groups start back up then in a month we are doing our 21 days of prayer and yep. fasting like it's just you know, almost like the Lord to like keep leaning in to what I am doing, you know, just keep your eyes focused on me. And so he's just giving these like little cool glimpses of what he's doing and we get to be a part of it. So it's been awesome. That's good. That was not. That's not the breakdown. That's not the breakdown. That's bad intro. Great conversation right there. But that's bad not intro, even great what, conversation. <laughs> intro number two. Intro into number, the, the meat yeah. of, <laughs> of the breakdown. So we went to lunch, and you we said, hey, lunch. do you have any plans for the breakdown? And I said, yeah. honestly, I've kind of struggled with this one because yeah. how do we – like yeah. we could rehash baptism and communion, yeah. but you did a great job. Go watch that sermon. Like oh. you don't need to rehash it out. It. And so you said – because if you don't, I've got a great idea. And I was like, I, I got – And this is the only nothing. time I think I've brought the idea to the table. Mm, yeah, if, this is the first time that – Yeah, you, most of the time you're like, hey, this is where I'm well, going to get except ready. except for last week because I – yeah, you I so to, gingerly put like, hey, because had, no one's here to. I had to carry the whole show all by myself, right? So, anyways, anyway. <laughs> so normally, so we're driving back from lunch. Yeah, and and I said, well, somebody came up to me at church on Sunday, uh, a, a friend of Calvary, like a yep. person that 
calls Calvary Chapel their home here. And they said, hey, you mentioned something in the sermon. Um, would you ever like talk about that more? And I thought, well, what better place? So that's why, yeah, we're totally not doing (laughs) that. Don't bring your concerns to the pastor. Come on. No. And so so me asking like, hey, do you have any plans? Because if not, hey, let's go down this road. If so, then obviously I always let you drive on with what the show's about or whatever. And so, uh, so the question was, in one of the services, I'm sure all three, I talked about, kind of made a, not a joke about sin, but I talked about sin, talking about Jesus being sinless. You know, he never back talked his mom once. Mm. And the joke I made was like, you know, he's riding his donkey and he gets cut off because somebody didn't use their blinker. He didn't roll down the window and, mm. you know, flip yep. him off or something like that. And then it gets chuckles because you just imagine somebody riding a donkey flipping other people off. Like, you got to laugh at that a little that, bit. It would be funny. But there was n- Jesus never sinned. There wasn't one moment that he was unbecoming of being completely holy, righteous, pure godly everything right and and so this person's like you talk about that but like what is what is it what's that look practically like theologically we do a good job a lot of times of explaining or knowing how to define and explain what sin is yeah what does that look like practically in my everyday life yeah. in my day-to-day oh yeah because i'll tell you right now All right, you confess your sins first there, and then i'll go no. sometimes <laughs> that i'm driving to work <laughs> Like, As well, a pastor yeah. in the church building, <laughs> and somebody cuts me off, and I want to tell them they're number one in my oh, life. Oh, absolutely. See, I don't Flesh like just takes over. With, with traffic stuff. I'd struggle with that too, and it's far more out of one of the families in the car. I I will lose my ever loving mind because it's like you take me out, that's fine. Like there's so much life insurance on me. My wife wants to kill me. No, she's, she's hoping that she's did. yeah. I'm worth Cha-ching, baby. I'm worth more dead than I am alive. <laughs> right? She's waiting. She's gonna slap me when she hears this. But no, no, no. Like it's like take me out. Whatever. It's like when my family. Yeah, when my family is endangered or there's something like that's when my blood just goes that through. That feels like such a good reason to be angry. And see, now I feel guilty for what? Like I just get angry because you're a stupid driver. <laughs> well, you're just a terrible driver. I just kind of smile like, and think, yeah. "Wow, okay." You're just like, "I, I want to protect my exist. family. Yeah. Like I don't want my family to go out." I'm like, "I just don't want you to be a terrible driver." Yeah. Now take me out. Let's go. Like. <laughs> I'm never confessing anything ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) And so on the way back from lunch, I was like, oh, hey, we're going to study homardiology. I paid. (laughs) We'll leave the number out. Anyone that knows. Six digits? It's six digits. I went to a private Christian school (laughs) that shall remain nameless. (laughs) Sorry. To to get a degree. I'm laughing with you, not at you. In theology and student ministry. Only to not know what that word means. Never once in my life have I heard what that word is. <laughs> he said that in the car. He's like, I have never heard that word. I am now questioning everything. Yeah. So the, the Greek word for sin is amartia. Apparently. <laughs> apparently. I took Hebrew. You took Hebrew. Not I Greek. took Hebrew. Yeah. I'm Old Testament. Come on. I did take I took Hebrew. Greek. And so, so homardiology is the study of sin. I would love to know for those listening or and or watching. <laughs> Can we do that? Can we have like polls like that people could poll? Yeah, because they can't poll us live because they're not oh, listening awesome. live. But we need to like a follow up poll. I like, just want to feel justified. <laughs> I want to feel <laughs> how less many people bad knew homardiology? How many people did? I like everyone. Be you, like, you didn't know that a terrible pastor. How yeah. Yeah, and, he, and here's the thing. Like, I'm going to stand before the Lord one day, and he's going to be like, hey, it's cute. You could pronounce it. You know what it meant? <laughs> did you do it? Did yeah, you exactly. It? <laughs> you were still falling into that. And it's like. 
Yes, Lord, you, you are right, but That's, your grace yeah. is sufficient. So, so yeah, homardiology, the study of sin. So I said, I have a few notes to talk through this. Okay. Just to give a good... I have zero notes. You have zero notes. I have a few notes. So I'm taking right? a passenger seat. Oh, this I'm is buckling be great. up. This you're is be you're great. taking the driver's right. seat. No, this is good. Here we it, go. it stopped me at any time because... I'm not stopping. Uh, no, no, no. I, I can't clarity. stop you because I don't even know what the word means. <laughs> so I no. can't speak Yeah, you do. You do this. now. You do know what the word means. Okay, I do know. But I'm going to need that $100,000. No, that's fine. <laughs> that's six digits of <laughs> Bible <laughs> college. No, I'm teasing. So, homardiology, the study of sin. Now, there's there's two kind of categories of sin. Okay. There are There is the sin of omission, and there's the sin of commission. commission. See? Here we go. We're down okay. to 90000 no. Here we go. All right. So, the sin of sin of omission is not doing what we should do. So if there's something that we should be doing that is good, it is righteous, there is something in our life that we should do, and we refuse to do the good thing, yep. that is sin unto us. That's James, clear, right? And then there's the sin of commission, and that's doing what we should not do. And so many times when we talk about sin, we always talk about the things that we shouldn't be doing. Mm. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Well, I like rock and roll, so I'm... You that's know, true. Yeah, it is true. You got in my that's car true. and it was loud. So... But we always, you know, in pastorally sermons, we always talk about the things that we shouldn't be doing, which is good, but don't leave it there. It's only part of the equation. Yeah, so if there is good that we should be doing and we refuse to do that, that is sin unto us. Mm. And there's the two different levels of sin. So it's not just, oh, I need to quit doing this, quit doing this, quit doing this. And we go through, and, and it kind of we were talking a little bit, we want to go back to maybe making the laws and all the different ways that you break the law and don't do that. Yeah. Here's everything that you shouldn't do. Yeah. In a list. Yeah. Now don't do these. Yeah. And your life will be good. And that's almost easier to follow. 100%. You know, like like with kids, like don't touch this, don't do that, da, da, da. Like it's harder. It's a more difficult process to see what, what should I be doing that I'm not doing. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Or tell me what not to do and I won't do it. Yeah. But when you leave it open, when you leave it open, we go to we always knee jerk. And I think just and almost like a, a factory reset, we always go back to what I shouldn't do. And that's the easy ones that we yeah. focus on, you know. But here's the kicker is if we would keep our eyes open for the sin of omission, the things that we're not doing that we should do. Mm -hmm. If we tackle that one. So that means that we are doing the good that we're supposed to do mm -hmm. the sin of commission. I think isn't going to be that big of an issue kind of falls in because if I'm following in the way I should be going, then I'm definitely not following in the way that I shouldn't be mm. going. Right. And so instead of looking at the way I shouldn't be going and saying, no, 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 just look at what does the Lord want from us? What does he require of us? What yeah. is he calling us to walk in? Walk in that. And you don't have to worry about so many of the sins of commission because it's going to follow through with that yeah you know and in student ministry i remember telling our students a lot if you're asking the question <laughs> like, you're, you're already starting off wrong like that's the wrong question we're asking like yeah. you're basically asking where's the line and how close can i get to it oh yeah i totally and you are going that. to like oh yeah because we're gonna it's just our natural yep. sin nature to go there's the line mm -hmm. i'm gonna get as close to it as i can mm -hmm. and not only I'm going to lean over it as long as my foot doesn't cross the yeah. line, but I'm going to lean over it. And it's like, you're going to fall. Yeah. Like you're going to fall guaranteed. And when you, when we're doing that to see how close we can get to it, you know, uh, a, a good friend of ours, Jeff Carson, you know, you build mm -hmm. a wall one brick at a time. Yep. 
You know, that's you're just kind of keep stacking up bricks. And then and then where the line does come into play, it's a little easier to cross. It's not more difficult to cross, yeah. you know. So instead of saying so, let's just talk about um, especially both of us being former student pastors, you know, sex was a was a topic that we would want seem like every week every week yeah we want to be able to address that biblically and it's like okay can i can i sit next to a girl no that's (laughs) yeah that's usually what we said yeah no ministry you no you can't (laughs) but like is it a sin to sit next to a girl no it's not well what if we accidentally touch elbows not a sin could we hold hands and it's like and we keep going and say okay then where is that like instead of how about you live a life of purity Mm. Instead of seeing how close to sin that you can get, like, why isn't our mentality, now I'm talking to believers now, as believers, followers of Jesus, why are we not having the conversation of how holy can I live? Mm. How much of a pure life can I live? Like, even now for us that are married, we still are called to live purity, you know, where again, for me, I think the, one of the biggest uh, smears of the church and, and ministry within student ministry is we taught virginity, but we never taught purity. Mm. And so we found easy ways to try to get around the virginity conversation, but we were never taught purity. I'm going to be very quiet right now. Okay, so so thing. there's that. That's a huge, massive breakdown. Yeah. And there's so many kids like me that grew up in the purity culture. Like, that's what we called it, yep. but it was the virginity culture. Yep. And all we did was how close then, and could we get Bash around it? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. It was just shame. Yeah, guilt, all of that. So... So sin of omission, sin of commission. So that's good. Now, even the word sin. Okay. So we had the Greek word, you know, amartia. Um, but even, you know, you might see in scripture, you know, the word sin means to miss the mark or to forfeit. What are you looking at? Nothing. <laughs> oh, he just looked quick. Like, are we getting stabbed? Is somebody about to break no. in and no. attack us? No. I just, I, I'm on guard, right? I'm a ninja ready to go. <laughs> Theological ninja. <laughs> that's what I want on my door, you know. That's my title right there. <laughs> Lord, forgive us. So to sin is... Trail. <laughs> trail, yeah. <laughs> Squirrel. So to sin is to miss the mark. And I love the analogy of like archery. So imagine bullseye is perfect and everything else is sin. It's not how close to sin or da, 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 like, we'll talk about that in a minute. But all sin, if you miss the bullseye by an inch or a mile, you sinned. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, that you sinned. That's missing the mark. You forfeited. Other words you might see is trespass, meaning to offend or iniquity, that mm-hmm. there is fault in you. Other words, evil, it's very harmful or wrong or wickedness, that's ungodly or something that's morally bad. And so even the action and the thing that we could do, kind of we have a, a, a little bit more specific word mm-hmm. all under the umbrella of sin, but like we're offending somebody, you know, that's a trespass, you know, and we understand that from the Lord's Prayer. Um, you know, iniquity, evil, fault, you know, stuff like that. And so there's, there's those different words for sin all under the same umbrella of we miss the mark, something against God, Yeah. you know? And so, and, and then the question I get a lot, so we'll get to, we're getting to the practical, but I think you need to have some of this foundational parts of it to understand. One of the things that I get questioned about is there, is there different levels or different degrees of sin? Right. Strap it. Yep. All right. Just. We haven't talked about this knee jerk. Where, where do you normally hear people line up in that? Where would even you line up in that? Uh, sin is sin. Sin is sin. There's Amen. no level, and and they're they're like nine times out of ten. That's the you either have the far end of the pendulum is every sin is exactly the same. Yep. And then you have the other opposite extreme is, well, and you've you I think even referenced this on Sunday or one of the sermons Uh-oh. where. 
hey, scripturally, if I have anger in my heart, that's no different than murdering my brother or my yeah. sister. But there's definitely a difference between plunging a knife or shooting somebody than there is in holding yeah. this resentment in my heart yep. towards somebody. And so then you have this line of like, well, obviously murders yeah. far worse yeah. than than anything else. Like my hatred for somebody bad, yeah, but mm -hmm. it's definitely not as bad as correct offing somebody. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right on because again, they're both sin. They both miss the mark, but there would be a different level or degree to them. Yep. And that's going to go against the popular thought that again, sin is sin. Now, are there different levels and degrees? Absolutely. And if you hate me for this, read your Bibles, <laughs> right? Like anytime that we are conflicted with something that we say, I always want to go back to the word. Yeah. And so a couple spots, uh, Matthew 23, 23, right? So actually we just like flip it open right now and read this. And so this is in the, uh, he's doing all these like woes, like oh, yeah. woe to you, woe to, and he's talking to all these cities. And so he, he says something pretty interesting. So, what are you scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you tithe, here's a pastor talking about money, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin, and you have neglected the weightier mm. matters of the law, which are what? Justice, mercy, and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So we see a different, different level there between like tithing is important, but also is the faithfulness, justice, mm -hmm. and mercy. And he's telling you should have done that. That, that was a sin of omission for you. Those are the things that you should have done, but yeah. you didn't. And that became a sin of omission because that's what you were supposed to follow in. And so we see Jesus saying there are weightier matters of the law. The law is the law. Now, if, if you speed by three miles over the speeding limit or 103 miles over, you should get a speeding ticket. You've broken the law. You yeah. have broken the law. You're not going to jail for three miles. 103, you absolutely yeah, are. They should at least tase you. <laughs> at least tase you. I On think we spot, need to bring no back lethal and law. What is that? Uh, Non-lethal weapons. I think not we need to bring lethal back into that a little bit. You're driving 103 over. At least a good tasing, at least, <laughs> right? Vote for your city, city officials. No. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so Jesus here is saying, hey, there's a way to your matters of the law. And then another unique spot um, that we see something like this is in John 19, which we know is uh, we're obviously towards the end of John. So it's, it's dealing with his, his arrest and his trial. And so he is having conversations with, I believe it's Pilate's, let me turn there. Yeah, 1911. So he's having this conversation with Pilate. And he's really not talking to Pilate. And Pilate says in verse 10, you will not speak to me. Do you not know I have authority to release you and the authority to crucify you? And Jesus then responds and says, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. And so, yeah, like, well, Pilot, what you're about to do, not good. Yeah. But the one that delivered me to you has a greater sin on him, mm. you know. And especially because, like, Pilot, who definitely wasn't Jewish, not a follower of Yahweh, nothing to that context, where the Pharisees and the scribes, they knew the law. Mm -hmm. They knew the Old Testament. They knew the prophecies. They, they rejected the Messiah, and now they're the ones that handed him over to be crucified. So they're still both sin, not good. 
but there is a greater sin. Yeah. And so there is levels of sin. And then people ask, is there's levels of punishment? Yes. Same way. Hell is hell. But there, I do believe that there'd be a difference. Not talking purgatory or anything like that. (laughs) Don't even get me fired up. Another breakdown that comes from the Apocrypha, not anything in the old or new Testament. And so, but there are those different levels of sin. But my favorite discussion when we talk about sin is the nature of sin, mm. right? Don't, don't you just wake up in the middle of the night and be like, I hope he talks about... This is what keeps me up at night. <laughs> I really you, wish Nick would talk about the nature of sin. This is what gives sin. you headaches, right? <laughs> and so um, and so for me, understanding sin, I love these an- analogies that are kind of tied with this. So like sin, the nature of sin, it's a privation or a lack of a good thing. Okay. Like that's what sin is. So... Let's theologically, let's talk about it. Like, and again, it's always in light of the character of God. Mm -hmm. So we have to know metaphysically who God is. Here we go again. Here we go again. The metaphysical, the metaphorical, the, yeah, (laughs) he's hurting over here. If you're watching. Philosophy hat on. (laughs) I had to take that class four times. Four times? Did you really? Yeah, as as a ministry major, you had to get a C plus in it and. <laughs> that's when they started talking about the Cartesian demon effect. And anyways, listen to you over here. Another hey, whole breakdown. Go ahead and email us if you yeah. want Jerron to break down the Cartesian demonic <laughs> effect or whatever you, he just said. Is. So, so metaphysical who God is. God is holy. He is just or righteous. Mm-hmm. That's the other word. God is perfect. God is love. God is truth. And so sin is what is unholy. Yeah opposite of the nature against the character of God. So sin is unholy, sin is injustice, sin is moral imperfection, sin is unloving, untruthful. It is a lack of a good thing in us that either because we're refusing to do the good thing or we're following in the bad thing that we're doing, right? Sin of omission, commission. And so sin is a privation or a lack of a good thing. It's a distortion of something good. So think of, because sin, sin is real, but it's not a real thing. Let me try. Yeah. <laughs> His brain just got hit. <laughs> Hold on. S- sin, sin or evil is real, but it's not a real thing. Okay. Think of it this way. Let me, let me help you yep, with the analogy. Help me, okay. All right. Sin is like rot to a tree. You can't have just tree rot. You have to have a tree? You have to have a tree. Okay. Sin is rust saying. to a car. You can't have rust without the car. Yes. You have it, to have metal. Yeah. That's and the out. best analogy, I think, is a wound to like my arm. Like I have a good arm here. There's, but a, you can't have a wound outside of a good arm. I got, that's not true. I got one of a petri dish sitting right back in my house. A wound? Just a straight up wound all by its. Sorry, I'm just kidding. Welcome to the breakdown <laughs> as Jerron Humiston lies to you. <laughs> there you go. And so, no, that's good. That's yeah. good. So sin is is like that. It's a privation. It's a wound of a good arm. It's rust to a tree or like um, uh, moth-eaten holes in a garment. You have to have a real shirt with holes in it. And that's why I don't believe in total depravity as oh one five-point uh, theological system would say because to be totally depraved, so think of that in the same terms, a totally depraved moth-eaten garment would be a hanger. It wouldn't exist. uh, But evil can only exist within good. That's why God created everything good. God did not create evil. He permitted evil because evil came through free will, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. And so without that good thing, evil couldn't exist. 
Yeah, because you've talked about you've talked about that before. We brought it up. It was like you you can't have evil without good. Yes, but you don't you know what evil is without, without good. good. But you can have good without evil, because yeah. God created everything, and evil sin. You don't need evil that didn't to come know. until yeah. the rebellion of mm. Adam and Eve, and then Lucifer, which that's a whole other breakdown. I we're think gonna, we're gonna have to start doing series of breakdowns. Yeah, because th- those were those were mirroring images of what was going on in heaven and what was going on in earth at the same time. So the fall of man and the fall of Satan, I would say, are simultaneous. And now, obviously, when you try to read the Bible perfectly linear, but it was a mirroring of the you. spiritual world and the physical, the world. physical world or whatever. You know, because when we read it, it looks like oh, that was yeah. down the road or. But some until time that away. point, there was total goodness, and that's all that there was. And so you can have goodness without evil, but you cannot have evil without good, meaning a person cannot be totally depraved. There, there has to be some goodness to humanity because they were created in the image and likeness of God. So they have a goodness. Now, is there uh, some rust, some rot, some moth-eaten holes? Is there wounds? Yes, but it's within a good thing not gotcha. the yep. absence, yeah. the total absence. And that's what total depravity yeah. would be, would be the total absence of good. Well, evil can't exist within that. Like a totally rusted car is a is nothing. A totally rotten tree is nothing. It's decomposed. It's like, and we're not that. Yeah. And again, they're, they then try to defend their points different ways, but that's, that is talking about the nature of who God is being Holy, just, perfect, love, truth, righteous, and then the nature of what sin is being a privation, and it's only a lack of something that's already yep. good. So, so practically, what does that look like then? Well, instead of going back to like the Old Testament, where we're just going to have a bunch of listings like "Don't cross the road," "Don't jaywalk," "Don't flip anybody off," "Don't cuss," "Don't da da da." No, no, understand. So if you want to know what sin is, first you have to understand who God is mm. because sin is the opposite. Sin is that the, th- yeah, exactly. So so to mm. understand God is holy, well, what's unholy? Everything that God has not called us to be. You know, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of your flesh. Don't worry about the desires of your flesh. Be filled and walk by the Spirit and you won't carry out those. Well, how am I not going to carry them out if I don't know what they are? Sometimes that's good. Because our evil heart, if we hear of it, oh, that'll that'll almost like intrigue us a little bit about it. Mm. But instead, let our mind and our heart be filled with the Spirit, with the Word of God, with the understanding of who God is, and then we won't carry out those things. Yeah. And so again, it's it's far more about you know how do we do this practically? If you press into the spiritual disciplines that bring about fruitfulness of our lives. Yeah. The Holy Spirit will absolutely show you, hey, this right here, this is becoming a privation. There's a lack of a good thing that I want in your life right yeah. here. You, you, Because, again, we're not trying to avoid sin. Hear me out. Because a lot of times that's what we think as Christians. We're not trying to avoid sin. We're trying to press into who God is. You have to change your focus of it. Because if you're just trying to avoid sin, well, you still don't have a north star. You're mm. just trying to run away from it's only the part of the puzzle. It's only part of the puzzle. The whole, but okay. if you have the North Star and you know, okay, I, it's not about just trying to say no to sin. It's trying to say yes to God. Because so many people think, well, if I just say no to sin, then that, that is makes, saying yes. It's like, no, no, no that's only halfway. Absolutely. Because I absolutely. still have to choose to step yeah. into the yes. In the, and there's far more power in saying yes to God than there is in saying no to sin. 
And that's almost then, oh, that's good. Because I used to tell our students this all the time. So going back to the line mm-hmm. analogy, yeah. I would say the line, turn around and run as far away as possible. Absolutely. You should be as far away from whatever that line is. Yeah. And that's bad theology in every way. But not trying to figure out how close you can get to something. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm trying to get away from how far mm-hmm. that sin is, yeah. then by saying yes, I'm I'm getting closer to Jesus. Like yeah. I'm I'm allowing him yeah. to change my mind, my focus. Yeah. I'm looking and and being more like Christ than yeah. I am like the world. So for me, like going back to the high school, middle school ministry days, you know, when we would talk about sex, I would have that same kind of topic. Yep. Um, but it's also we have to understand what sex is biblically and mm-hmm. through the eyes of God. If you understand the goodness of what it is, then you will know what the privations are yep. of it. You like, know, we used to say, "Here's the perversion of it." Yes, like, that's here's the, the goodness. Yes. Here's the perversion yeah, of it. That's what the word perversion, the twisting of it. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, so can I cuss? Well, let's talk about what is the goodness of language, and that God used language to communicate with us. Like language was God's idea, not ours. Mm. You know. In the beginning, God created, and how did he create? And God said. So language is God's plan, his idea. It's how he communicates with us. So it was always God's idea. But how we use the good thing that he gave us, there can be privations in there. Mm -hmm. And so if we attack one another with our words, two things, that is what grieving the spirit is, Ephesians, I think, chapter Mm -hmm. four. But And we're also smearing the image and the likeness of God that we are created in, let alone if we go now in the covenant of salvation that, oh, now the Holy Spirit is indwelling you, so if I attack you with my words, I'm not only smearing the image and the likeness that you're created in, I'm smearing the Holy Spirit that is inside of you. And it's like there's a privation in how we use our words if we attack one another in that. Now that's just language. Now you can broaden it to communication. So when you roll down your window and you want to do a hand gesture, even though that is a cultural thing that we've brought, the cultural uh, symbol is still based in reality, just like communion, Mm. just Mm. like baptism. Symbolism, but based in reality. The reality of that symbol is hatred communication to one another, that we want to attack one another in that. Mm. And that is a privation of the good thing that God gave us. So food, food's a wonderful, glorious thing that he gave us. Praise the Lord. For I think my favorite passage of the Bible is when Noah got off the ark, they were allowed to eat meat. Amen. Yeah, they were vegetarians up into the Noah's ark. So he gets off the ark and he's allowed to eat meat. Praise the Lord, right? It's the greatest day in all creation. Absolutely, because he made a sacrifice to the Lord after the ark. And I fully believe that that was a smoker. Yeah, I'm from Kansas City. He was smoking some ribs. He had a brisket right there, and he said, "Lord, this smells really good. Could I?" This is a partake? description, not prescription, right? Maybe this maybe. feels like a stretch if you start saying this is pre- this is not of the Lord. But food is a good thing that He gave us. Now, if we make it a God, we make it a comfort, we make it a thing to fill mm. the 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 woundings that we have because of sin or insecurities like there's a privation there because you're taking the good thing that god gave and you are perverting it and and trying to make it be what it was never meant to be yeah we do this with ministry oh boy oh boy here we go for us and our ministries, we were never meant to get from our ministries what was only supposed to come from God, our identity, our value, our purpose, mm-hmm. right? So many pastors don't know who they are. Be 
because they're tied in because mm-hmm. they're tied into it and in the moment that they lose their pulpit and they lose their platform they lose their position they lose all self-identity because they found that in, in those, yeah. the ministry so the good thing that he has called us to to be pastors we could take and twist it pervert it and mm-hmm. it'll cause a privation in us because we now not getting our comfort and our fulfillment and our purpose from God and our identity in Christ we're getting it from our people and mm-hmm. we are we are mishandling, mm. is a softer word to use, um, our ministries to give us what it was never designed to do. And so all through, I think, life, if we looked at it, what is, what is the good in this that God gave us and the reason for it and how am I perverting it? Um, <laughs> that would be a really strong word, but let's just go with it because when have I ever not, like, at how are we molesting the good thing that God gave because mm-hmm. we want it to give us the pleasure of whatever, you know we what I mean? Of our, our lust, term. our yep. desires, yep. you know, and, and that's a very strong word. I know yep. what I'm saying, but that's what we do. So instead we need to look at the good that God gave us, the reason for it, find where am I perverting that? Where's the privation and how do I realign and run to Jesus in that? Mm-hmm. He gives us the grace to run from our privation of whatever it is and yeah. run that's what faith is is running to god in the fullness of what he gave us and the reason he gave it to yeah. us so and what always seems to be the hardest is we uh by design tend to be a black and white creation yeah we want we want what can i do what can i do oh, yeah. what 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 is permitted what is not permitted like mm-hmm. we just want let's not even say we that's what i want yeah. my life would be so much easier if someone would tell me, hey, here's the good things or here are the things that make you a good dad. Yeah. Do these things mm. and don't do these things. Here are the things. Same thing as a husband, as a pastor. Like it'd be so much easier when if somebody just say, here is a 12,000 page book. Yeah. By the time you get to the end of it, you will know mm. how to be a good by these things. Yeah. Instead of somebody saying, you figure it out. Yeah. And, and think of like how many times like I would love to. I'm sure somebody's done this study. Barna, if you're if you're watching, uh, Barna Research Group. I'm know. sure they are. We have you such a, a, Ki- a far reach. Is it Kinnaman? Isn't that the guy that kind of leads that Kinnaman? I George think so. Barna is the George Barna, and there's a David Kinnaman is another guy that's a part of that. Okay, David Kinnaman. Here you go, buddy. How like if you polled a uh, hundred churches with full of people, if you if you pulled like get a really good mix of uh, a lot of people, not just like ten, like yep. get a. What does a good Christian look like? What would you expect to see in their life? How many would it come up to be the things, this is mm-hmm. what you should do? They should go to church. They should read their Bible. They should be praying. They should be serving. Da, da, da. And it's like, who, who's going to say he needs to be spirit-filled? Mm. He needs to be obedient to the Lord. Because like, if it's all tied to our spiritual disciplines, then like, explain a missionary then to me. You know, if, if being a good Christian is going to church, like there's missionaries, there's no good church for them to go to. Like we had JJ and Witt, they're going to yep. go to Mexico eventually. Uh, shout out to you guys. Uh, there's not a there's not a church down there. That's the goal for them to go to. to establish so am I going to write them in three months and be like, hey, I heard you haven't been to church because you're in Mexico trying to be missionaries and plants a church. Tell people about Jesus. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so where it has to be, where are we leaning into our relationship with the Lord? Where spiritual disciplines are good, but those are never meant to be the end goal. Those are, if anything, the commencement 
of our relationship yeah. with the Lord, that he wants to see spirit controlling, fruitful, effective lives, walking in obedience to him, not, oh, I'm checking the marks of the good things that I've done and I'm not doing the bad things that I'm not supposed to do mm-hmm. and I'm a good little Christian and it's like, that's not biblical Christianity oh. <laughs> at all. And that doesn't seem, not, not only does it not seem it isn't um, a joy-filled life. It's definitely not exciting, at least the least of it. No. You know what I mean? Easy? Yes. <laughs> B- and, and, and all essence of the word, it's definitely the easiest. Yeah. But to lean into those things, I don't like leaning into hard things. Yeah. I don't like, um, I, I'm very much a non-confrontational sort of person. And then when I become confrontation, it's, that's a whole nother breakdown yeah. that we'll never probably get to. But, you know, it's just like, <laughs> I don't like confrontation, but yeah. some of the best growth, some of the times that I've learned the most about who the Lord mm-hmm. is, um, has come from those. Yeah. There's a, there's a book in the hub, um, uh, by a guy named Shane Claiborne. Oh, Ordinary um, Radical, yep. right? And I love this book. I used to probably read it once, twice a year. And every time I did, my wife's like, oh, great, here we go. You know, because he just, just, I'd get fired up hearing his story and his testimony. And part of what he talked about, like he grew up in East Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And he had his life. He's got a story. He does. He has got a story. You know, and so he, in, in high school, he, I mean, he was voted prom king. He was popular. He had his life together. He was the definition of. Uh, just a good kid, yep, yep. you know. And so, but he talks about, like, you hear all these testimonies, like, go back to baptism. Yep. Like, we have all these big, broken testimonies, and then they come to the Lord and their life's good. He goes, my life was great. I was I, popular. Yeah, I was, you that. know, he goes, I came to Jesus, and Jesus wrecked my life. He goes, I was on the path. He goes, I wanted to be an anesthesiologist, like just put people to sleep, make a lot of money. This is going to be awesome. He goes, but then I met Jesus and Jesus wrecked my life. And so in the same breath, it's sometimes if your life is so ordered and put together and and nice and neat, I mean, hate to break it to you, like that's what the Pharisees did. Like when he's saying, hey, you tithe mint and dill, they had these perfect little orderly gardens that that. That's what they thought it was all about. And it was like, nope, you give your life to Jesus. He might wreck your perfect little cookie cutter, Mm -hmm. you know, wife, two kids. Not that he would destroy your marriage. I'm just saying that cookie cutter look of what the American life is supposed to be. And it's like, yeah, Jesus isn't about you having the perfect American dream. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's not, you know, and he's going to wreck our lives in that. And and sometimes for me, I think he puts a holy dissatisfaction mm. in that for us. And and that's a personal part of my story is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a youth pastor uh, a, of a good sized church, like doing great things like it was awesome. Like I could have just stayed and kept doing that. But God, I think, put in me a holy dissatisfaction of like. And he kind of, I felt like he revealed to me like, hey, youth ministry has a expiration. Yeah, yeah, shelf life, like a organic avocado. And, but if I would have been comfortable with my life and if he never would have wrecked that in me, I never would have stepped out in faith to the next thing that he had for me. And that's the part is he's not interested in my comfort, but in my character, Mm. you know, and it's not just out of sin, but even when we get comfortable and complacent in good Christianity, He'll say, okay, good. That was just a building phase for the next thing I want to do for yeah. your life. Like, Lord, when are you going to be done working in my life? When you die. When you die, right? 
and your heart's still beating, so let's go, right? And and that's where, again, it's not just about, so when we talk about the topic of sin, it's not just don't do these things. Lean into, that's why we're talking about the fullness. And there's even times that we could be doing really good things, but the Lord's just going to come and wreck us more because why he wants us to grow in yeah who we are to be not just what are we supposed to 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 do yeah but who are we to be in him and letting him be our full identity and what that looks like and so like if your life's comfortable as a christian that might be more concerning than if your life's falling apart air yeah quotes yeah know. air quotes and and not for sinful reasons but he just like Who's can't catch this? a break. Yeah, you just yeah. can't catch a break. There's this diagnosis, this broke down, and this is happening, and my kids are struggling, and I just don't even know where to turn. Yeah, you do. Don't don't lie. You know exactly where to turn to. Turn to Jesus in this. Mm. But like, understand that God's permitting and allowing these things to happen in your life. Why? Because he has something bigger and greater in mind, and it's not just to make sure you sit in a pew or a chair like we have every Sunday, maybe attend a life group, serve cow kids, and 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 maybe an invite a friend to Easter Sunday. Yeah. Like that's not the American dream of Christianity. That is not what Jesus had in mind. Oh. I have to write down that line. That was good. That just came. It's a good thing we're recording this. <laughs> you can go back and be like, oh, how Jesus did I say doesn't that word care about it? your American dream. Goodness. <laughs> I wonder how many emails. What's the over under of emails I'm going to get on that one? Let's see. It's Not that we would gamble on something like that. It's no. Tuesday. <laughs> this thing goes live six today. To, it'll be live in a couple oh. hours. Uh, $1 million. Yeah. <laughs> $1 million. $1 million. So just encourage you, like if you're listening, thinking, okay, but I still don't know. Can I flip off the guy at the red light? No. No. What would Jesus do? Overly, overly commercialized. Mm-hmm. And and here's the thing. We know what Jesus would do. And there's the whole nother movement that he would love first. Mm. And I love that. Yep. Like the question isn't what would Jesus do? We know what Jesus would do. The question is, what the heck are you going to do? Yeah. Like we know what Jesus would do. We know that he's our example. We know what he has called of us. You know, what's, what's that? Micah 6 eight. You know what he has required of you. Mm. It's almost a reminder. This isn't like hot off the press. We don't know. No. Seek justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Micah 6 eight. Like, come on. You know what he has called. And so what will you do? That's the question. Put that on a bracelet. Put that on a shirt. Yeah. Let's sell millions of that. What are you going to do about how you're going to live life in response to the gospel and to who Christ is in your life? We need a sound effects board after. Welcome to the breakdown. <laughs> Dang. That's good. Wow. That's challenging, know. but it's good. It hurts. It does. Because there's a there's a proactive action yeah. required, and what are you going to do with it? Not What would Jesus do? Yeah. And I'm going to say this very flippantly. There is no action in that. Yeah. We know what Jesus would do. Open up the Bible. We, we see what he did. Yeah. What are you going to do with that? Yeah. Are, are you going to theologically beat somebody over the head with it? Or are you gonna love them? Yeah. Are you gonna try to save them to Jesus, so or are true. you gonna live out life with them? Yeah. You know. Oh, so true. And like, think of think of the most radical Christian, not radical in the sense of like culty or stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. is in think of the most still radical, actually Christian. Yeah, still Christian. Like, think of the most radical person, right? Yep. Think about that person. When we are all in the heaven, I fully believe Jesus is gonna say that's the that was normative biblical. Yep. 
Like that's you, you guys saw that as radical. Like I was still trying to do a work in that person's life. Like they haven't even arrived yet. And you guys were seeing that as radical. No, that was, that was basic fundamental biblical Christianity. Thing I'm, I'm realizing as I get older, um, the things when I was younger or even now that I would have considered quote unquote radical faith, yeah. like if you go to the David Platt book, oh, yeah. radical faith that I would think were radical, crazy, almost borderline cultish. Like mm. they drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> like I'm beginning to find myself in those places of like, what if it's radical because we've stripped away mm. everything that God wanted the church to be, yeah. that, that God wanted a Christian to be. We, we we've, We've manipulated it. We've watered it down to be this kind of comfortable, complacent Christianity where, you know, as long as it doesn't inconvenience us too much, whether financially or in our time, we're okay. As long as it doesn't do too, like, and you just look at, like, I when you said that, I have two two people's names that I think of. Yeah. Shane Claiborne was one of yeah. them. And Billy Graham was the other. Yeah. Walking into stadiums and just telling people about Jesus. Just letting like, it go. Yeah, just letting it go. It's like, especially when you go to the Billy Graham and the years he was alive and how almost confrontational and weird that was mm-hmm. to pack out stadiums and tell people about Jesus and not like a conferency sort of way, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. just preach the gospel and salvation. Um, that is radical. Like do not, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I, I don't want to do that. And I'm going, Oh man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There's that's like, that's the Christian I want to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be like Jesus. Like, that is someone who cared so little about himself and his yeah. identity because he was so found in who Jesus was yeah. that it directed and dictated every aspect of his life. Every aspect. And Billy Graham, one of, I think, one of the only dudes, this side of glory and the other side of glory because he's passed, yep. that is yet to have, like, any kind of massive accusation about him or his mm-hmm. lifestyle. That's a whole other breakdown. That's a whole other breakdown. But, but yes. you were talking about watering down, and you mentioned Claiborne. He, uh, I think in that book, he talks about, like, that's what we've done to the blood of Jesus. Mm. So, like, we've watered it down mm. to be VBS Kool-Aid. And it's like, oh, so it would be more palatable to us. So it's not as strong. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. We we don't want the fullness of it. We want it. We got we to gotta tone it down. We got to dilute it a little bit. I don't like that. Mm, so well, Here's a great place to stop. To great cover. place. I met Shane Claiborne. Did you really? I did. Where at? Uh, Story time. Story time with the breakdown. What's your on here? So met him at a youth conference. Which one? Oh, gosh. Because I... either Dare to Share or Acquire the Fire. Yeah. Because, um, you know, those were the two big ones in student ministry world. And he was there. I don't think he was a speaker. I think he was just, just there. He was just there and ran into him, which at that time was when I don't know that he actually ever started or left but he had kind of gone super hippie phase like he was oh. walking around with dreads oh yeah you know like was he making scene. his own clothes then he was yep nice. yep very very yep. hippie kind of and so that's what started the like the radical thought of like this guy talks about loving jesus in a way that i've never heard a pastor yeah, talk about is. loving jesus and it's yeah. like dude's either on something or he's drank some kool-aid and i don't know but as i've gotten older you mm-hmm. know as i've you know kind of walked through life and learned so many things i'm going oh no he yeah he caught it early like he he understood you know who his one of his main professors was out at um was it eastern university or something like that wherever he went to college yeah his professor was tony campolo 
and there was, oh well and so you kind of exactly okay so like coming up under i didn't him, know that you know getting you know tony campolo is a guy that just he'll just tell you how it is um and you, you can see that a little bit yeah. in shane quite a bit you know i know they were close and they've even done some stuff together books and ministry mm. but yeah didn't get the dreads didn't get the dreads um, you wish you had dreads. I wish I did. That's, that's a whole that's a, other breakdown. That's a whole other breakdown. The, We've got years my of glora, My glorified body, six-pack and dreads right there. Because that's, that's, that's the what the Lord everybody that's, wants. Yeah, yep. and that's what the Lord cares about. Like, oh, okay, that's what you want. There you go. Well, hey, that's the breakdown for you on this uh, 11th episode. 11th. Are we going to keep saying that when we're up to like 297th? I don't know. It's just fun. All right, it is I fun. think it's more just so people know there's like 10 other episodes oh, if they're new. You know, just go back and listen to you. But, Some uh, people don't even know yet. Yeah, they still don't know. I still have people. It's it's getting less and less, but I still I had somebody in church walk up to me and say, <laughs> "Oh my. It was really nice that the breakdown happened without you. I really enjoyed it." Which and this is yes. a, this person is a board member. Give them a ticket to heaven. And I went So have I been replaced because that was the running joke <laughs> you and I were texting back and forth while I was on nice. paternity leave like I told your son who like basically became me while I was gone. I was like, dude, yeah. I've been replaced. You've done everything. And he's Amen. like, nope, that's yeah. not true. But At a fraction of the cost. That's exactly right. Free. Free is always good. <laughs> cost of Celeste got better quality. That's where we're going. Definitely time to end the breakdown. <laughs> oh, whatever. I'm going to send right here on, on camera. <laughs> here it the is. Mic. A little, little homardiology. Right well, hey, there's now. a couple things that uh, you could do to help us out because, honestly, we're not looking to make a name for ourselves or the podcast. We want to make a name for Jesus and make his kingdom known. And so one of the, the easiest ways is if you enjoy the breakdown, send it to a family member or a friend. Uh, rate and review the podcast yeah. on whatever podcasting platform you listen to. And if you uh, watch on the YouTube channel and you're not subscribed, go ahead and subscribe and uh, drop us a little comment below. I try to respond to all of those as they come in. Nice. People say, "Hey, we, you know, enjoy listening to you." And I'm thanks. Yeah, there we go. I almost said thanks you too one time, and I was like, yeah. "That's not." No, how you yeah, glad to. we're watching your podcast. Uh, your podcast. Is you awesome. got stopped at Walmart. You said the other day. I did. <gasps> That's right. I got stopped at Walmart the other day, and somebody said, "Hey, I love what you guys are doing on the breakdown." And there was a part of me that I went, "Holy cow!" How do you even know? Like this, this has turned into more than I ever, yeah, dreamt of what it could be. Like, hey, we're we're just gonna sit down and have a conversation, and maybe a mm-hmm. few people that listen and are a part of our online campus would have a better connection and maybe a yeah. few more people. And it's like this person goes to a completely different church. Nice. I know this person. Oh, okay. But I mean, this they're is watching. Not, they're listening. Yeah, yeah, this is not someone that I have. Uh, I would consider us friends, not frenemies. really good acquaintances yeah. or friends. There you go. Um, but this is not someone who's like fanning, mm. you know, like, Oh, everything John does. No, like this is yeah. just someone who truly loves the Lord and is likes what he told me from his mouth. I just love the content and I love the That's quality. That's cool. So it was really cool. Cool to hear. So keep sharing. do those things and be great. Keep sharing. We're going to uh, we're gonna go do some other ministry related things that uh, that's exactly right. More coffee. But uh, we'll be back same time next week. Same place next week. We'll see you guys later on. Bye. Bye.